episode 19 of Dowry. 19, yeah, you heard that right. Uh, the Saudi football podcast by Arab News, in which we look at all the latest news and developments across the kingdom on and off the pitch. This week's show has a special cup football flavour to it. And we also look at the World Football Summit that took place in Jeddah during the week. With me, as always, is Arab News sports editor Ali Khaled. And we also, of course, have Khaled Al-Arafa, giving us his weekly dispatch, this time on a huge match from Jeddah. Ali, welcome. Uh, Before we get to the action on the pitch, you were at the World Football Summit in Jeddah. I want you to tell us about uh, how it was, but it just seems that everything at the moment is surrounded in our beautiful kingdom. It's great. Hey, Peter, how are you doing? Uh, Good to be back. Yeah, great few days at the World Football Summit. Very interesting. Um, I think a lot of these conferences, sometimes you're not sure what you get, but really interesting people like uh, from massive institutions, obviously uh, heavy representation from Saudi Arabia, from the region, some really global uh, um, um, organizations as well, like La Liga and uh, Serie A were there. Um, you know, a lot of you know, panels on you know, investment in the game, role of tech, you know, agents, grassroots football, um, role of AI, you know, a lot of interesting uh, panels. I was quite lucky uh, to moderate the first panel of the day uh, on the opening day, which was about to You weren't to quite lucky, Ali. You weren't quite <laughs> lucky. The guests were lucky to have you. As I always <laughs> say to everyone listening, uh, sports editor of Arab News really knows his stuff. And I would imagine, I would imagine everyone was, 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 was well receptive. It must have been quite, it must have been quite uh, an experience to be, to, to be moderating. Yeah, yeah, you're very kind, Peter. Yeah, it was great. I mean, I have to say the panel was absolutely superb. Uh, it, it was we, we just before that, you know, uh, uh, the Saudi Deputy Minister of Sport, Adwa Al Arifi, had, had given him the opening keynote speech and really set the tone for the discussion that followed. Um, uh, you know, we had Lamia Bahayan, uh, uh, the Vice President of the Saudi Arabian Football Federation, remarkable woman, really. Like she used to play football, and you know, she's been behind. Uh, like all the you know the major developments um, uh, um, in women's football, uh, um, and a real champion of women's football in, in the kingdom, uh, she spoke about the rapid rise of the women's game in recent years, uh, but also addressed the steps being taken uh, by the federation to ensure the development of the game at grassroots for uh, for uh, boys and girls as well. You know, safeguard the future of young Saudi talent alongside the foreign contingent that, uh, you know, is gracing the men's game, you know, like she's, she's involved in, in football at the Federation, across the Federation, not just in women's sport. Uh, also on the panel was Hamad al uh, uh, um, of the Saudi 2034 World Cup. You know, he spoke brilliantly about the future and exciting road ahead, uh, you know, uh, since the kingdom, you know, was um well hasn't been confirmed yet but uh, you know like the exciting uh, road ahead once the kingdom gets confirmed for the tournament which looks likely will happen uh so that was uh, very interesting as well and finally we had uh, michael emanello director of football of the saudi uh, uh, pro league 
Uh, used to be at Chelsea, as you remember, Peter. Yeah. Um, he's got one of the more fascinating jobs in world football, really. He's in charge of the acquisitions of foreign players to the league. You know, like it's the big wow. story of the year in football. And he, he is the man who's like, uh, you know, uh, he came after Cristiano Ronaldo had already joined. Uh, but uh, but he has but he is in in charge of like uh, acquisitions um, uh, across the league. So obviously he was involved in all the summer transfers and all the transfers that will take care uh, will happen in the future. Uh, you know he spoke about the role, how he communicates with clubs to identify the players needed, but also again you know spoke about uh, the programs being established to ensure Saudi talent is brought through as well. Because that's one of the points we could always say. You know, fantastic to have all this talent, but you know how does that affect the Saudi? You know, young talent and existing talent. So, uh, you know, existing players. So you know, he addressed that as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, all in all, like an, an interesting uh, few days. And we caught up with some old friends as well, like a lot of journalists were there, a lot of people from the media. So uh, a very enjoyable right. few days. So it sounds fascinating. And again, something that you just mentioned there that, that we've highlighted on, on this podcast and show before, um, you know, it's absolutely imperative that we keep discovering our our Saudi talent as well. Uh, listen, I believe major international organisations were present as well. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's, yeah, it wasn't just about Saudi football. It's about Middle East football, but obviously, you know, the, the focus, uh, it is the World Football Summit Asia, so the focus was on Asia, on, on the Middle East, on Saudi. But we had a lot of uh, like representation from Europe, uh, media companies, tech companies, you know, a lot of individuals as well who joined. Um, you know, uh, we, we had the, the Spain's La Liga, Italy's Serie A, both looking to expand their engagement with fans in the region, you know, and really bolster their brands, uh, you know, to start to, I suppose, uh, you know, rival the English Premier League, which is, you know, as, as we know how popular it is, you know, and something that they've all mentioned. They said, you know, like, you know, the, the English Premier League is, is sort of like the most popular here, but like, you know, let's not forget Italian Spanish football. You know, in the 80s and 90s, and it was massively uh, popular uh, in this part of the world, and still is massively popular. We know about Real Madrid and Barcelona. There was a time in the in, in early, in late 80s, early 90s to, to mid 90s when, you know, probably AC Milan and Juventus were the two most popular clubs in the region. So they want to get back to uh, uh, to that time. Um, Javier Tebas, the president of La Liga, was there. Uh, always an intriguing and outspoken man. Uh, again. Um, you know, I, I was lucky to moderate a fireside chat with him, and he spoke about La Liga's uh, tie-ups in the region. You know, there's a lot of links uh, with, uh, um, with with the Middle East. Uh, they've got an office in Abu Dhabi. They're going to open. They're going to have presence in Saudi Arabia again. So, you know, um, and um, one of the more interesting chats, Peter, was with uh, Sevilla Football Club, the uh, representatives, um, and they spoke about how Sevilla, as a club, you know, like uh, you know, obviously we know their amazing record in the Europa League. And how, like, about 20 years ago, just over 20 years, 20 years ago, that you know they, the club realized, you know, we can't compete with Real Madrid and Barcelona. You know, we have to find our own way. So they, right. they set up like a network of of, uh, of scouting that you know few clubs in in Europe, the world had. You know, it was, it was a superb network. You know, they they identified players all across the world. Like, you know, an example is uh, uh, Danny Alves. You know, obviously we joined him and then he went on to uh, represent uh, to play for Barcelona. So. Uh, that was, uh, you know, they, you know, they they spoke about how, you know, they had that scouting network and how like everyone caught up with them eventually. So they again pivoted and now they they are like one of the leading clubs when it comes to data and uh, AI uh, uh, usage in football. Again, very exciting, you know, like listening to them. A lot of it, you know, if if you 
followed Moneyball, the, the, you, know, the, yeah. you know, in about baseball, very similar to that, you know, identifying players through, uh, you know, through data, through AI and, uh, and very relevant to the region. You know, we've mentioned quite a few times on the, on the pod how, you know, like all these great players coming to Saudi Arabia for the top clubs. What about like the, the, the clubs that are not signing these big players? And, I, and uh, you know, Sevilla was saying they want to like they want to partner with clubs and with federations across the region where they can impart that knowledge. So basically, you know, like clubs can identify, can, you know, maybe compete by identifying these players across the world. You know, very, very interesting stuff, you know. Would you say, Ali, as well, not, not just not just a vision from Sevilla, but it's actually come to fruition because they're, let's put it this way, they're a great cup pedigree team, aren't they? They've, they've had a lot of glory through it. They are they are fantastic, you know that like, uh, you know that like their uh, uh, you know their you know record in the Europa League, as we keep saying, you know, is is by far the best. You know, it's, it's like almost their competition. I know they uh, you know they got uh, knocked out of Europe uh, last week, which actually happened during uh, the Federation and uh, during the the Feder- sorry the the, the Sevilla's um, visit to to, uh, to Jeddah. So. You know, we had a bit of a chat about that, but you know, they, they again, you know, even that, even then, you know, they were saying, yeah, we're disappointed and all that. Because, but you know, we we have this, uh, we have this methodology, you know, which doesn't change. You know, we go up, we go down. He goes, we we get young players in, they perform really well, we perform really well, they get moved on from big, <clears throat> signed up by big clubs. We go back and get young players, you know, regardless of their you know slight ups and downs. You know, obviously this is they're not having a great season, you know, but they said, you know, we stick to our method methodology. You know, really, really interesting stuff. Fascinating stuff. Listen, so much to pack in, AK. Uh, moving into matters on the pitch, uh, no shortage of action there. Yes, on the domestic front, Pete, uh, the start of the week saw three of the four Kings Cup quarterfinals there take place. Al Hilal cruised past uh, Al Tawa on 3 0, Malcolm and Mitrovic on the score sheet again. Uh, while Al Nasser beat uh, Shabab 5-2 away from home, you know. Uh, another landmark performance for Cristiano Ronaldo, Pete, who scored his 50th goal of 2023. Yeah. Incredible consistency, still delivering for club and country, uh, you know, at 38 years of age. You know, I mean, we, we talk about him every week and uh, he deserves it, you know. Incredible, uh, um, incredible performance right across the year. I mean, remember he joined or, the, or, the, or his move, to uh, to Al Nasser was announced on December thirty first, twenty twenty two, just after the World Cup. So it's you know it's almost coming up to like the anniversary, and he's just been brilliant. Fifty goals this year. Uh, Al Khalij Al Khalij Club joined the big boys in the semi final. Uh, the semi finals, which will take place early next year, uh, sometime next year. Um, I, you know they beat uh, Abha two one. A great result for them to be again among uh, you know the big boys as I just said. Uh, Faisal against Etihad, the last of the quarters is postponed until uh, February fourth. And I would say that is because, of course, the champions of Saudi kicked off the FIFA Club World Cup against Auckland City in Jeddah, the, the big one, Ali. Yeah, absolutely, Pete. So that's why their cup game was postponed. Uh, you know, the, the FIFA Club World Cup kicked off. Brilliant atmosphere in, uh, in Jeddah. It was raining that day, uh, Pete, you know, like, and, uh, you know, slight worry, like, everyone rushing off to the match, if, if you know, if, uh, you know, the, the weather is going to, like, um, you know, play havoc with transport and everything was fine, like, full stadium, incredible atmosphere, uh, you know, as uh, the host club, uh, Etihad, uh, took on the Oceania champions, um, you know, Auckland City of New Zealand. Uh, in the first uh, in the first round of the tournament, in a way, you know, a playoff, if you want to call it that. And our man Khaled Al Arafa was there. Take it away, Khaled. Hi Ali. Hi Peter. How are you guys? 
I'm gonna jump directly to the World Cup for clubs this time in Jeddah, exactly at King Abdullah Sports City, uh, the opening day of the World Cup for clubs. Everything was amazing, the fan zones, the stadium was packed with fans. Uh, the opening ceremony was really interesting. And then the game started, Al-Ittihad versus Auckland City from New Zealand. Al-Ittihad killed the game with three goals. Uh, the goals were uh, by uh, Romarinho, Kante and Benzema. After the game, I interviewed uh, Karim Benzema and I uh, said, how do you feel? Scoring your fifth goal in this tournament, he said the most important thing is winning, helping the team to win, to qualify. And of course, scoring is always good, but we hope to continue winning until the end. Uh, I interviewed uh, the captain, uh, Cameron, uh, from Auckland City, and I asked him, what just happened? What, why did you guys lose? He said, there's a lot of difference between Al-Ittihad and Auckland City. Uh, they're on top level. We tried to compete, but we knew that we were going to face. Uh, he said, we hope next time we'll do much better. Now, uh, Al-Ittihad will face Al-Ahli, the Egyptian from Egypt, Al-Ahli. It's going to be an interesting match. Uh, I'll get back to you, Ali, after that game and enjoy it. Guys. Great stuff, Khaled. Uh, Benzema, of course, scored in the final last year, Pete, if you remember, in Rabat, uh, which saw Real Madrid beat uh, Saudis, Al-Hilal 5-3. And he'll be hoping for a repeat, uh, uh, you know, of success, although obviously bigger tests lie ahead uh, in this one with Fluminense, Brazil, and Man City to come, and Al-Ahli of Egypt, of course. Uh, uh, I just want to mention, it's, it's great to see the Brazilian uh, Romarinho score in that match. Always good to see those who have been in the in the Saudi League for years, you know, still there, still performing, get the attention they deserve. Uh, it's not just about the new signings. It's always good to see the ones who have really put in the years as well, uh, like Romarinho, like uh, get, uh, yeah. It gets well said. It's well said, Ali. Um, he's been at Etihad for over five years, so let's not forget that and give him the credit that is well, well deserved. Fast Absolutely. forging legendary status in the SPL. Okay, listen, for this week's special guest, we did something different. Um, uh, Ali sitting down with one of the Saudi women football's leading lights at the World Football Summit. Very excited to hear about this. Yeah, we, uh, we had our own Arab news platform at the conference uh, and uh, we, um, I sat down with uh, Monica Stab, the brilliant German coach uh, who, was, uh, who you know, was the coach of the Saudi women's national team at its inception two years ago and is now technical director at the Federation. You know, since then, uh, she has overseen the national team, you know, entered the FIFA ranking. She's, uh, you know, she's seen uh, the establishment of the Saudi women's Premier League. Uh, it, it, it really fascinating chat uh, with her, long chat, and uh, she spoke very, very uh, openly. Um, you know, um, I asked her uh, if when she joined, uh, she could have, you know, uh, possibly dreamt that there would be such a rapid uh, uh, rise in the women's game uh, in such a short period of time. And this is what she had to say. To tell you the truth, and um, you know, I'm from Germany, and uh, in the beginning they told me I'm very fast, you know, like a German engine in a Mercedes, and now I feel they are actually faster than me, like driving a Ferrari, and um, it's just amazing experience, and and for me to be part of this history, what happened in the last two years and two months, I'm here now. Uh, what we established, the A national team going to the FIFA rank list, having a under-17 team six months ago. Now we have established under-20 national team. We are just in the process 
of getting an under 15 national team. We have three academies from the age 4 to 17 in Damam, in Jeddah, in Riyadh. And from these pool, we are getting all these young players for the national team, for the under 17 national team. We played now under 17 competition. And uh, of course, our league, the Premier League, is broadcasted every Friday, Saturday. Every match can be seen all over the world. And we have seven men club now uh, participating in this league. And it's, it's amazing how these men club actually are wanting a women team in their club and, and hoping, of course, to win the championship. It took us in Germany over 30 years till we had so many men club accepting uh, actually women's team in their club. So it's amazing what is going on here. We do coach education. We have 28 B-licensed coaches, 172 C-licensed coaches in the last two years and 800 D-licensed coaches, uh, teachers, who are actually getting all these school leagues. We started last year with 50,000 pupils and now we have 70,000 playing in the school league. So, so the demand and the desire uh, here to play is such amazing and, and to see these three women, I always say this, Abba Arifi from the uh, sports minister, she's the deputy, the assistant of the sports minister, uh, Lamia Bayan, the vice president uh, of the football federation, and of course, Alia Rashid, she's the director. These three women, they played football, and that is what is all behind this strategy, that they want to live their dream one day to go to the World Cup, one day to play in a very high international level. And of course, it's the president of the federation and uh, the GS who supports so much uh, women football. He just hired a new coach for the national team, Luis Gortes. So they're all serious to really promote women football and to be part of this family makes me really proud and, and I'm happy to be here. I then asked her, um about the standard of the Women's Premier League, how it has been impacted by the arrival of players from abroad. You know, more and more foreign players are coming from uh, from abroad as well, not, not just in the men's game, but in the women's game as well. Uh, but also, like, how does that influence, you know, the, the Saudi, uh, the young Saudi players or you know, Saudi players that, that, uh, that are playing in the Women's League, uh, you know, having all these uh, international players uh, being there? Well, we still have four foreigners playing in the match on the field and one uh, foreigner who is born here in Saudi but has not a Saudi passport. So we have six Saudi players on the field and, and I was very, very happy to, to make sure that we also develop the Saudi players because the foreigners are very important. We have, I think, now five um, foreigners from the World Cup. Lamtri, surely one of the most famous ones from Nigeria. Uh, she just joined Etihad. And uh, so I think it's important to have these foreigners. And it's great to see how many are now coming and feeling happy and, and, and satisfied to come here to support this league we have now and, and helping these Saudi players to grow. Because I tell you, two years ago, I started from zero. There was nothing but nothing. Uh, they never played 11 aside. Of course, Lamia, Adwa and Alia was playing since 2007, back then, uh, in a community level, in tournament. And 
they already wanted to play the game, but 2019, the federation, the football federation, uh, put up women football, uh, organized it, structured it, and since then, of course, Corona and COVID made it a little bit delay. Uh, that now it's getting so serious since 2021. You can say when we started first with the league, and now we have a Premier League. We have the sponsorship lays for three years, Pepsi. So these are really serious sponsorships for the next three years. That helps to grow in women football. And, and these foreign players, I know they're going to come even more and, and better ones because the league will be going around the world. It's a, it's a very, very good organized league. Now spectators are coming. It's, it's a very high profile, very good performance match. And all these girls, all these Saudi girls in particular, because that's why I'm here for, I want to develop them. I want to give them the platform to raise their level and one day hopefully these players, with these foreign players, will be going to a World Cup and play for their country. And I know how these players are passionate, uh, full of desire. They are so committed and they love the game. So everyone in the world, every girl should be allowed to play. And I'm really, really happy that Saudi Arabia is taking women football as one of the pillar for their strategy. Uh, I know uh, the, the country wants women football, the sports minister. And so that is how you can improve and develop the women's game. And we want to be part of the game. We want to be part of the family. And the population, 50% men, you can say 50% women. And we women, we want to also be with this game. And because we love it and we have been playing in Saudi and all over the world for a long time and uh, been this passion to, to have for this game, not only as a player, as a fan, as a, a spectator then and so we are more than happy that Saudi Arabia is open the doors to the foreigners everybody can come in and be part of this big success we have been since well in the last two years uh, and that's great yeah and finally I asked her about the appointment of Luis Cortez as the new coach of the Saudi women's national team oh, you know obviously she was there a few years ago and and now they've uh, you know they've announced the, the experience Luis Cortez um, to take the, the women's national team forward. And this is what she said. Well, we, we are moving forward every day, you can say, and every month we have made improvement. And, and I was doing so many jobs. I said, I cannot be also the national coach, you know. So, so I said, I have to give up one job to, to be more organized and to help to develop the basic, the foundation. So now we have that high-profile coach from Spain. He used to be... Uh, Barcelona, a very successful uh, coach, and he knows women football over 20 years, so he knows what he is expecting. He knows that he still has to do a lot of development. So I'm very happy that uh, the uh, South, the Football Federation, managed to get him for a four years contract to help to develop the bases and also to develop the team. Yeah, to be one day uh, playing maybe also for the qualification for the World Cup. Absolutely fascinating stuff, Ali. Well done. Um, what, a, what a coup as well for, for us all at the podcast on Dowry and, of course, Arab News. Back to the action, no, um <laughs> And I'll tell you what, there is some match dominating the news, isn't there, Ali? A oh, huge match, Peter. Uh, you know, as Khaled mentioned, Al-Ittihad... Uh, 
you know, the Saudi champions and hosts of, of the Club World Cup taking on African champions Al Ahli of Egypt and all Arab clash uh, and all Arab clash in the Club World Cup, two incredible sets of fans, some of the best in the world really, you know, and, and you just wait and watch it. Uh, I'll, I'll tell everyone to watch the game just to see the fans, if nothing else. Uh, uh, but I expect that uh, the action on the pitch will be great. You know, really, what more can we, uh, we ask? Neither club, Peter, has been in great form, to be honest, you know, in the league. We've mentioned that it's had quite a lot. Obviously, they, they're up and down the season. Uh, and, you know, Nuno Santo lost his job. Uh, Marcelo Gallardo came in. Uh, but neither club really in the domestic league or on the continental uh, competitions been in great form, although like Alitalia obviously like progressed. Uh, but I expect both teams uh, to put that behind them firmly uh, in this match. Uh, look, I mean, it's great. The match guarantees an Arab team in the semifinals. Uh, you know, there, there couldn't be much more incentive needed uh, for both clubs. Well, you know what's coming next, AK? Prediction. Yeah, it's a tough one. Like I said, you know, in, in both clubs have been a little bit inconsistent recently, you know, but uh, I'm going to go for home, uh, you know, home advantage. I think yeah. it's hard with their fans behind them. I, I know there's going to be big Egyptian contingent for Al Ahli. There always is. But I'm going to go for El Ittihad. Uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, Benzema will rise to the occasion again in, in, in these, uh, as he does in these games. Uh, I'm going to go 2-1 Al Ittihad. Good call. That I don't think I'd be. I don't think I'm disagreeing with you on that one. Uh, what I do know is it's going to be an absolutely epic a- encounter, and just what the region deserves. It's a real powerhouse of a fixture. That one. Okay, listen. That brings us to the end of another episode. And may I say, an absolute standout episode uh, due to the work of, of Ali being at, at the summit and bringing us these fantastic names. So congratulations to him and of course our team at Arab News. Uh, whoever your team is this weekend, we wish you all the luck in the world and we'll see you next week for another episode of Dowry. 